this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. The generosity of Oxner Lafayette General also makes this podcast possible. As Acadiana's largest regional health system, including two teaching hospitals and the region's only level two trauma center with more than 5,500 employees, Oxner Lafayette General strives to put patients first and make caring their top priority. In continuous efforts to reach more patients, Oxner Lafayette General provides services throughout Acadiana and facilitates telemedicine throughout the state, making healthcare more accessible for everyone. For more information, visit OxnerLG.org. Support for this podcast comes from HomeBank, providing mobile app and account notification technology to help customers detect fraudulent activity because security is knowing. Find more tips to bank securely at home24bank.com. HomeBank, member FDIC. Our guest is Cherie Hebert, CEO of BBR Creative, a creative marketing agency known for its effective advertising and marketing solutions. It's been 25 years since BBR was created by three young women who happened to be blonde, brunette, and redhead, hence the name BBR Creative. Since 1997, BBR has served well over 650 brands with one purpose in mind, to help other businesses grow. In celebration of its 25th year in business, BBR Creative has chosen 25 activities of appreciation for clients, people, and community that it calls 25 Do Good Days. We're taping in BBR Creative's Lafayette Corporate Headquarters, located in the exquisite Morgan Anders House on South Pierce Street, which was originally built in 1918. It's my pleasure to welcome Cherie A. Bear of BBR Creative to the show. Cherie, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, we're just sitting here laughing. I have to tell you before we started, I thought we'd start about 30 minutes ago, but we've been catching up <laughs> on everything. And, you know, we met back in 1999 when your daughter, Jamie, was starting second grade at the Academy of the Sacred Heart. And we became fast friends. We did. I, I remember you that day. You, you were holding. I don't know why, but I definitely remember you. You were oh, um, holding little Kelly was two, I yes. think. And no, 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 no. She was newborn. Oh, she was? 1999. Yeah, that was and her birthday. And you birth had a, a black and white striped blouse on. I just remember oh. that. And But you had a baby with you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, at the tender age of 41, yes. <laughs> Those were great times. I mean, our girls have stayed close. And I look back and I thought you were a new business owner at that point. You had just really yeah. been in business a couple of years on your own. Right. Yeah. And probably and didn't know what I was doing at the beginning, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> talk about your background, if you will. How did you get into marketing? How did all this come about? So um, I have a degree in advertising design. It's basically a Bachelor of Fine Arts from UL. And... Um, with a focus on advertising design. So I was a graphic designer. And when I graduated um, from the university, I worked um, for uh, another ad agency here in town, Sides and Associates. And then I worked for, the foster, for foster marketing. And then I freelanced for several years and as a graphic designer. 
worked for the Graham Group for a, a short period of time. So I had a little bit of agency experience and experience on my own developing mar- you know, creative marketing materials. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, Kathy, and I, my original business partners, met um, while working at Davis Partners here in Lafayette. And um, I was the creative director uh, Kathy was a designer and Sarah did, is a designer as well, but did project management. We met up there. And so that's kind of sort of my background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs, though. My dad was an entrepreneur and um, our family has been in business, for, you know, had several business interests. And I always knew I wanted to own my own business. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I thought there was a lot of freedom associated with that and challenge. Um, so that's why I wanted to own my own business. And I actually remember at the beginning kind of convincing Sarah, my, my then business partner and founder, to come on board. Because mm-hmm. not everybody's just born with a natural desire to want to take the risk of owning their own business and the kind of extra effort it takes mm-hmm. to do that. And it's not just the effort to run the business, but I remember you taught me about rainmaking. I don't know if you remember when I went back to work as an attorney, you know, after the girls were in school and uh, I didn't have any clients and you were just gung ho about, you know, rainmaking, but you had to be a rainmaker to get that business off the ground. People don't just come knocking on your door, right? Right. Hey, Sheree, but, uh, well, can at we? At the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, they didn't because they didn't know who we were. So when right, Kath- right. when uh, Kathy Pavi, Sarah Ashy, and myself came together as designers and decided to form our agency, we were basically a creative design shop, meaning we were designing brochures and logos mm-hmm. and pretty things and, um, and, and and knew a little bit about marketing, but more about design, right? And so when we came together to do that kind of work, um, Basically, it was as simple as this. Cherie, you talk the most so you can be the account <laughs> service person. Shake the trees. And, yeah, and you can go out and get the business. So, um, you know, I think the most fabulous thing about being young is you're naive mm-hmm. and you take on things that you, you know, at this stage of my life, I probably would have been way more intimidated if I knew what it was going to take to mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but back then I wasn't. And... Um, so, but it is a concerted effort. I mean, I've had a database this entire time. I've, I've always, I'm always collecting names and contacts and, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing out, some form of outreach. I have a question. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I may be. Do you remember your very first client that BBR inked and how you felt, you know, that, that first yes. client? Well, there were two kind of instrumental clients, but one is I had a relationship with um, the very first thing I did strategically was wrote uh, gathered up all the addresses for all of our friends and family and wrote everybody a letter. But the first person to respond to me was affiliated with um, Kevin Moody, so I kind of oh, okay. lucked out on that. And I actually, Kevin was probably our first independent client, Kevin Moody, who had a business and hired us to do some type of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, another relationship that I had was with an account person who was working on the auctioner account. And it, everything has come full service circle because as of this year, I am working for auctioner again. That's wonderful. But worked for yeah. them for about eight years at the beginning. But um, the, the scope of the work we do ch- has changed because mm-hmm. at the beginning, we did a lot of work with smaller businesses. And then we've gradually gotten to a point where we work 
with much larger entities now. But yeah, I can remember that. Yeah. I remember you were downtown and uh, just a wonderful, funky office. And I think you've taken that. It's much bigger now, but everything is so vibrant in your workspace. And the people that work here just seem so happy. It's just a fun beautiful building. Well, thank you. But the you. colors are exceptionally vivid, just like the work that you do. Well, thank you. Uh, we had a more um, corporate office um, going into COVID, and um, mm -hmm. but we had to change our work model, as it, most people do, right? And with COVID, we, um, we were working in a fixed team environment, meaning there are three small teams that work as many agencies and uh, we had to go home and work from home and thank God I have an exceptional IT guy who got us all set up so that we could work well remotely. Mm -hmm. So this place is really more of a collaboration house. It's a collaboration space and, and it is brightly co colored and it's um, to stimulate creative thinking mm -hmm. is really the idea behind it. And, Got a lot of um, natural light and uh, yeah. just beautiful scenery. We're, we're kind of Thank north you. of downtown, but barely, right? Yes. In South Piers, right. right across Congress. Right. Um, and um, right behind us, they're starting to really develop more of a tech center, um, oh, which yeah. is mm -hmm. Schoolman's going to be on mm -hmm. the, the street behind us. and um, That's going to be a great just, neighbor. Really, they're going to be a great neighbor. And there's some, some other exciting things happening in this area. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Tell me about your team here, the types of work that you do. You said you've grown in your work, but yes. what are some examples of the services you now provide? Well, as, um, as we've progressed, the world has changed so much. When I first started, we'd get hired for projects and things like that, but um, now marketing requires there's so many different disciplines under marketing and so much complexity with digital marketing that we've had to actually fine tune what we're gonna really offer now. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things we do is something called multi-channel um, advertising campaigns. And that's when a, a business or an organization needs to create leads or have sales or create um, recruitment campaigns. We develop campaigns that do that primarily online, but we use offline methods to do it as well. The biggest, the thing that we do best is supporting um, organizations that already have marketing teams in place, but they actually need, you know, to augment those teams mm -hmm. or to handle special, either to handle a special project or a special initiative and or to act as part of their own marketing team. So we have now fewer clients that we work in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. So we work in partnership with clients. I probably, my goal is to have about 30 clients um, a year. I have 50 right now, but sometimes I know that might sound crazy, but we really try to fine tune, like um, we're tr trying to be selective about who we work for and who we can best support because we want to be in it for the long haul mm -hmm. to be part of their marketing team. Well, you mentioned Oxner, and you know, I know they've got a big, you know, Patricia Thompson and others, they're wonderful sponsors of this podcast. I didn't tell you that, but there's a little <laughs> ad at the beginning. But of course, they have a large marketing team, but you're, they you're helping do. them. I guess they've been growing so much. There's well, so many markets now. So for that team, they have a strong in-house team. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, Very. they needed some supplemental help, which we provided. But what ended up happening is, from a media buying perspective, they needed um, 
media buying services, but it's not only for Auctioner here in Lafayette and the system in the surrounding areas, but all of Auctioner statewide and in Mississippi and some in Texas. So we are actually the agency of record that buys media. That means places all their media on um, traditional media, mm -hmm. which is radio, TV, outdoor, that kind of thing. So um, that's what we do for, for that particular account client. I had a question. You said offline. You know, I know online means digital, but is offline, is that what you're talking about? Radio, yeah. newspaper, offline, magazines? Yes. It's it's traditional media placement um, because, you know, there's still a, a wide um, swath of the uh, population that, mm -hmm. you know, still receives media in multiple ways, right? It's just got a lot more complex. So um, we, you either refer to that as traditional or offline. Mm -hmm media placement and that's strategically placing messaging through TV, uh -huh. radio, print, outdoor. I have a question and I guess it's just from experience, but how do you determine and your team, how do you determine what's the best way for somebody to advertise? You know, you hear about social media, but I don't look at that as much as I do you know, other things. I'll look at well, news online, but how do you determine for a business? I guess I, in the simplest way possible to tell you how we handle strategy to do that kind of work is first you, you know, meet with the specific client and you find out what is their objective? What are they trying to accomplish? And for many people, it's a lot of different things. It may be they need a new brand. It may be they're trying to sell a particular service line. Um, so first we identify what is the objective? What are, What is the goal? Mm -hmm. From there, the next thing you want to know is how much money do they have allocated or, or budgeted for an initiative? And a lot of times they'll say, we don't know, but you, <laughs> you typically can, you can at least get a range, mm -hmm. you know, of what they would spend. So the reason why that's so very important is because we can't make recommendations to spend a ton of money on a client that doesn't have that allocated and never will, right? And so we try to do the best we can with the budget we get. So the budget that's then allocated, then from there, mm -hmm. then you talk about audience next. It's like, who is the audience? Who are we trying to attract? And from that audience, then you go to the next stage to say, how do we reach that audience? And, you know, for things that are like mass awareness, then you use mass media. But when it's highly targeted, then yeah. social media and online methods and direct mail methods and direct outreach methods. So there's multiple methods. And so we sit around as a group and we whiteboard and we brainstorm and we discuss mm -hmm. all those three things I just told you about before we come up with a strategic plan to reach them. I'm just amazed at how things have changed. I'm looking at a trip we're taking this summer to drive along the East Coast, and I don't know the area, you know, like I do Florida, let's say. <laughs> and so I've been looking at Jekyll Island and Georgia and different places as we drive up to D.C., and it amazes me when I'll go on Facebook, let's say, or just even online looking at news, and I'll see an ad for Jekyll Island <laughs> just coming up on my feed, oh. and I'm like, what? Okay, you know, so this is showing my ignorance, though. But they, they know all about me, don't well, they? Well, retargeting they. is like when you actually go and search for something, mm -hmm. and then it shows up in your feed, then you know it's retargeted. I mean, but this phenomena of I was just discussing something, and then it shows it's up. It's almost like the there's you know are they on my phone with oh, me? Oh, I know it's kind of it's, it's scary even for me because yeah. sometimes that exact thing happens and I can even recount two instances which it did. But I I don't know much about the, that the whole listening <laughs> idea, 
But I do know the search, the search does Mm -hmm. pop up, right? Yeah. And if they know someone within your circle is buying or interested in something, then you will be served up ads similar, potentially. It's like if you're buying a car, then all of a sudden it's all car ads. That's right. And for a few months after, and then new refrigerator, well, you know. But it's just amazing to me how things have changed. And I am showing my my ignorance, but I'm also thinking about small business owners that may not realize the power of all this. You know, they may not realize that they need a marketing budget. People don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's amazing to me that... I think that um, some of the things that I've learned over the years with small business, right, is that they're undercapitalized mm-hmm. because they do not budget or raise the funds or acquire the capital to handle that part of the business, which is the acquisition of clients or the gathering. And, you know, it's great if you're the type of business that's in a superb location, like a car wash maybe on a corner that's highly trafficked and, and you don't need to do as much advertising because it locations everything. But there are so many yeah. other businesses that don't have that luxury and have to strategically figure out how to mm-hmm. attract customers. Um, and and people go into business every day without, without planning and, and they just, they're ignorant to the fact that it takes money to do this. Right, right. I know even for my podcast, this is my fifth year now. It just doesn't seem possible. Wow. But I've just had to keep on plugging away, you know? Yeah. And some, and, but it, I didn't have a large capital outlay like some people would. Right. You know, luckily, I don't have a big budget. So everything I get is just, it's lanyap. It's, it's so much fun for me to do this. But I was looking next door, Blaze and Zena, you know, one of your neighbors. I met him through the Small Business Development Center, and I think he went through several people that had helped him, and they spent a lot, but he never felt like he was getting the right thing for what he wanted to grow his small, you know, I think it's growing, though, his law firm. But um, you just have to keep on keeping on, don't you? You really do, and I, you know, and every business is a little bit different, so mm-hmm. it's not it can, can't be a cookie cutter approach yeah. to marketing because it, they're all different. And and I say that I mean you can use some of the basic principles, but you can't use the same recipe for every cl- uh, every business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say if I had to say the one thing, which is not paid advertising, that everyone should have in business, and that's a decent database and a list of people, whether you met them, know them, gaining your clients, and continuing communi- continual communication mm-hmm. with the people who already buy from you. Mm-hmm. And that is about the cheapest and easiest thing you can do to continue to grow right. your business, no matter what it is. Right, because it's so much easier to keep a client than to... Yeah, and just remind them you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and happy to be there. You know, I'd like to get into your 25 years in business because you've been keeping on too, obviously. And before we do, um, I want to look back on a a podcast we did. It was our very first interview back in April of 2017, and it was my good friend Pascal Henri. And I went to her because I thought, oh, her French voice, this would be fun for my first <laughs> interview. But just like you, Cherie, she built her business from the ground up. And when we interviewed five years ago, she was celebrating 30 years in business. And this episode is a cherished memory of mine, of Pascal. She's since sold her business, but she's still a part of my heart. I know a lot of people that know her. And in this little clip, she shared her thoughts on business and how to live holistically. You can hear Pascal's interview along with over 250 others at discoverlafayette.net or through the Discover Lafayette 
uh, podcast anywhere you get your own podcast. And now the moment. You had been here just a couple of years at that point. Yes, what I saw, I saw the need for it. Uh, I noticed, you know, the Louisiana women have a beautiful skin, but... Back in the time, 30 years ago, oh, they were hiding their skin on Tons the of makeup. makeup. Mm-hmm. So my goal was trying to make them realize that their natural beauty is right there. The, the makeup is not to hide, it's to maybe improve. Uh-huh. But it's mostly my goal was to uh, help them to take care of their skin and to be more natural. And I think that's true in, in Europe, we are more... We use our natural beauty, you know, I think more to... Uh, Is that really how women are? There's not that emphasis on um, masking, yes, enhancing? Yeah, don't, yeah, they use makeup, but it's not to mask, it's to uh, enhance what they have. Mm-hmm. And that's what, to me, makeup should be and not hiding. <laughs> right. But you have to have good skin to not... Um, yes. You have a lot of cover-up and powder and all the yes. accoutrements that yes. we turn so to. That, so that was your focus from the beginning? Yeah, that was... Uh, I could see that right away. Uh, people were not aware when I was saying uh, massage therapist. They didn't really know what a massage therapist uh, is. I still remember this expression of a rub-down. I said, okay. Rub-down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was one of the first uh, licensed massage therapists. Uh, my license number, I think it's 96. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Cherie Abier, CC, excuse me, CEO of BBR Creative. And uh, I wanted to get that clip in. We look back in every episode, but it's just, y'all have a lot in common to me, just both cherished friends and I don't know. I love both of your voices. So let's talk about you in 25 years. This is a big year, not only in celebrating business, but you're celebrating the whole community. You're giving back this year through 25 Do Good Projects. If you want to talk about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now, and um, I, I'm thinking about, and, and Kathy has left to do her own thing, and Sarah retired, and I, I'm the sole owner of BBR, and I think about my legacy and what I would like to leave behind, because honestly, this team here at BBR, they know how to run this business, and they they are the ones serving clients now and doing a fabulous job of it, and I, I think about, like, what do I care about, and look, and, and the biggest thing I care about is I is doing good. Like I want to be known as a business that cared about our people, that cared about the businesses we served and that care about the community. And and we do those things in a, sometimes in a quiet way, sometimes in a not so quiet way, but it's really important to me. And so this year, this activity that we're doing in celebration of our 25th anniversary is kind of, um, we actively sought out opportunities to support the community and support our employees at a higher level in a greater way and always really one of our you know one of our values is to really treat our clients business as if it were our own and really we get very invested in their mm-hmm. growth because when it, at the very essence of what a marketing firm does is it helps another business grow we are here to help other businesses grow. That's that's the only reason we exist. And so I um, I like to say that at BBR, we're here for the growth and goodwill 
of other businesses and of the people that we have here because without them we couldn't do that type of work so this year we have 25 do good activities that we're focused on and we have a website that is going to like unveil all of these 25 activities and i think it's bbr turns 25 Dot com. <laughs> and so you can follow along and look at those if you'd like. Um, Your first one with, with Oxner, right? You, you did. Um, well, the first one campaign. was a, a rather small one, right? And, and in my mind, it was um, we did a big thank you to the healthcare workers at Oxner Lafayette General and hand wrote thank you notes to all, of, to, you know, a bunch of their staff and just just rewarded them for a job well done. That was a small thing that we did. We um, hosted a, a Acadian Heritage mm-hmm. uh, art show here featuring artist Cece Newstrom in conjunction with Festival uh, Cadian. Um, we were a big supporter of this AdFed student conference in Baton Rouge where we um, really helped speak to students and um, educate them on the type of work we you know it was, it was basically a full day conference for students to learn more about our industry I mean there are 25 activities so there's a bunch um, one of the biggest initiatives that we're going to be doing and we have done this in the past and we've revitalized it this year and it's called hygiene for humanity mm. and we basically are collecting and we have partnered with Rouse's we've partnered with um, Super One several big big stores and chains and we're collecting hygiene products like shampoo conditioner toothpaste tooth um, brushes things like that and we have partnered with um, organizations that help you know the homeless and and we're going to be gathering these items for them i saw the bins when i walked in are those going to be in the stores where people can just purchase while they're there and and And, leave them yes and we have a whole website um that actually um describes that whole program Mm -hmm. and in the past we've collected over two thousand pounds of items wow and, and and with and we partnered with catholic Catholic social services for that but that's one of them but there are mm-hmm. there are a bunch of items on our list another we want to help our neighborhood here fighting fightingville um fret fighting uh, I guess it's the yeah. food what's yeah. it called um the, the it's food, a farmer's market the farmer's market uh-huh. right it's right so down we're the helping street. them with get their yeah. their refrigerator up and running and it's oh. gonna be branded and you know mm-hmm. it's gonna have it's cute and um, they need they had a need for that mm-hmm. in this in this area so we're going to be doing that so we have a lot of fun things that we're going to be doing and it's a big commitment as the owner yeah. of a small business because we have 25 employees but we're not and we have a location in baton rouge one in here in lafayette but i'd like to be an example of what one business can do to you know help the community mm-hmm. in some way and um, be committed to that how did you come up with that list? Was that your your um, staff that helped you? I mean, how did you come up with 25 different projects? Well, um, in all fairness, some of the projects were things that we comp- that we do. Like every year we have something called Create-A-Thon where we have a 24-hour mm-hmm. marathon and we pick three nonprofits and we do work for them. So first thing we did was we had one of our staffers who's very organized and said okay these are the items we know we want to do because we have done them in the past and then we worked together and brainstormed the fill-in items of um you know other items that we can do um and 
that's how we came up with our list. Yeah, it keeps them energized, your staff. Well, when you're in a creative field, like, I mean, the fun part is coming up with new and exciting mm-hmm. ideas and new initiatives. And so we don't have any problem coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, having the commitment to implement everything. Right. I think one of the fun things that I really am excited about doing, and there's and everything hasn't been fleshed out yet, but um, we want to do 25 plantings of trees or um, somewhere. <laughs> and that's going to be later on in the fall. And um, I'm excited about that idea. And public art idea, like we're going to be doing a mural. And oh. Jamie is working on that project. Mm-hmm. Your so, daughter. Yep. Yeah. Exciting. So yeah. we have a lot of great, fun things coming down the hatch. Yeah. You've always helped businesses, though, and causes. I remember through the years, your agency would help, you know, the Academy of the Sacred Heart with Christmas at Koto or Junior League. I mean, you've always given back. This isn't a new thing for you. It's it, no, it's not a new thing. It's it's packaged as mm-hmm. a twenty five activities, and I hope that um, for twenty five years, for yeah. twenty five years to represent the twenty five years, and so it's um, mm-hmm. it's exciting to be able to do that and um, invest. It's it's a lot of. Uh, because as a marketing firm, we also go the extra mile and have like collateral for each one of these things <laughs> and social media, you yeah. know. Well, I remember for Cece Newstrom's when you hosted her art here, that is when I really got to know Cece. And I walked in, Cherie, y'all were kind enough to include us. It was at no charge the Friday of Festival Acadiana. And I walked in, and Cece Newstrom has got a phenomenal talent. For doing portraits and she she calls this the Acadian uh, heritage series because she got actual descendants of Acadians and I guess Creole and it was phenomenal but you had done such a good job helping her market it and it really raised, raised awareness of her talent and the series that everybody can enjoy now I mean that just that one one out of your 25 not only right. did you bring her joy but I, you remember, I was astounded at her talent. And, and, and I have some ideas beyond that for her because she just took an idea, and this is what interests me about her in particular. She had an idea to showcase by uh, the early Cajun, um, the early Cajuns by painting mm-hmm. their descendants. And I mean, that's it in a nutshell, right? And she's she's selected somebody to represent the boot. Broussard family mm-hmm. and the uh, Prejean family and the Hebert family, and I just thought it was a great idea. I mean, I, and I they think, looked. I mean, they were dressed in the garb yeah. of 1755. She went all out and she did all went the all research. Out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was. Uh, I'm happy to be able to support her in that way. And plus, in our new home here on Pier Street. The house is lovely for hosting gatherings, and it was the first gathering we were able to host after COVID, and it's at the Grand Hall. There's a big hall, center hall, and we were able to hang her work, and it was a nice, and we had 120 people came through here. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, you inspired me to go one step along with that, and she's going to be showing her work at the Hilliard on September 14th. I got her enlisted as a Creative Conversations, but I... I was so inspired by your good works. Like you, oh, I hope that makes I can me so happy. pay that forward some for others that maybe couldn't make it. But um, that's just one thing. So I, I'm really touched by what you're doing because well, you don't go halfway when you do things. Well, I appreciate that. And another thing that um, I want to just say about women business in particular, mm-hmm. um, 
I recently became a member of the, the Lafayette Women's Chamber of Commerce and with the intent to show other women that we as women should be supporting one another in business. Um, I find men just do a much better job of you know, supporting each other, lifting each other up. And we women, you know, I make jokes all the time, Jan, about what I could accomplish if I only had a wife. <laughs> um, because, Isn't that true? It, well, it is really true because I've been in organizations like Vistage and other things that mm-hmm. with a, 14 men and myself, and all of them have good wives and help them get to where they are, right? And we as women, I don't, we do it differently though. We're not doing it the same way, right? We can't, we're not going on hunting trips and fishing trips and golfing trips to do business. So how can we do it differently? And I hope that this is a way, these do good activities are a way to showcase how, maybe how women do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe women do it a little bit differently. Maybe women play into our nurturing, the you know, our nurturing qualities and our giving qualities and our empathetic natures. And maybe we're doing a little different. And that's something I'd like to think about is how do we do it different? And, how, and, and if we don't lift one another up, I mean, I don't know what, what's it all about? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I even here, right? If we're not trying to help one another out. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm glad you brought that up because you have been a women-owned business. And I know... Yeah. For people that don't realize that might be listening, you can qualify for special opportunities, right? Yeah. You can get training through Heidi Malonsa locally with the Small Business Development Center, the Opportunity Machine here in town. There are a lot of resources for people that may not realize a minority-owned business is not just people of color. That's right. But it can be women, and they just don't know of the opportunities. That's why it's so important to network like you do. Right. To share what you've learned. And I think women who have, um, that's absolutely right. And, and if for any of your listeners today who are small businesses and who are trying to get their foot, you know, um, get it off the ground, organizations like High, like mm-hmm. Heidi Melanson is the best. She small is awesome. Business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, opportunity. People just don't know about those mm-hmm. resources. And those are free look, resources. Yeah, and folks like Lita and Opportunity Machine and SB... DC, Small Business <laughs> Development Center. And it's SBDC, through UL Lafayette. Right, yeah. I always get the acronym all mm-hmm. tongue twisted. But these organizations know of where you can go. I myself, BBR is a WBENC certified business, which is Women Business Enterprise National Council. It's a, we were WeBEC certified. Now listen, that is no easy feat to get that certification because you have to prove you are truly owned by women, mm-hmm. you are run by women, you're not like, you know, yeah, just, just a figurehead, yeah. right? The wife of. Yeah. But I have to tell you for the nature of what I do, because we are a, cert- a professional services company, you don't necessarily um, get a ton of value mm-hmm. There's some groups and organizations who have supplier diversity programs and you will get counted, right, for being a woman-owned business. But you still have to do a good job at whatever you do because you're not going to get it. You might get some extra points, some bonus points, but you're, it's not going to win an account unless you can really right. do the work. Right. Um, but I do think that you know, you should, if I, if I were any other kind of business, I would definitely look into what mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, though, beyond beyond the certifications, 
I'm just talking about, I think women try hard. I really do. And I think we, I think we try, I think that if you're doing business with a vendor and you want to give another vendor a chance, then sometimes giving a woman owned business a chance is the right way to go because we work really hard. Another day it was really, I'm not saying men don't work hard. They have their own. I got to tell you though, in my experience, every good man who's doing something has a woman behind him. And I'm not talking about his wife. I'm talking about his, they are the organizers, the, you know, the coordinators, the, they're getting it over the finish line. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I think that giving a woman-owned business an opportunity, you know, um, is worth a shot. Yep. I want to ask you some career advice for young people that are looking at what they'd like to do. It just seems like the world has changed so fast with how we market. We were talking about that earlier. Do people need to major in marketing or graphic design or you know, what, what would you recommend for a young person or even, you know, an adult that wants to look at a career change? What kind of skills do you look for when you're bringing on people? Well, um, we use the term creative thinker. Um, I actually really strongly believe in a liberal arts education because I think it allows you to look at the world in a lot of different ways and you learn a little bit about a lot of things. And we deal with a lot of different kinds of clients and you have to pick up on things and learn about things. But from a skill perspective, mm -hmm. today's world, there's so digital marketing, there's a big gap right now. Mm -hmm. There's so many... Um, there's so many specific things or skills that you can learn for digital marketing. Like people now are channel experts. Like you're a channel expert at LinkedIn or you're a channel expert at Facebook advertising. And look, all of that, but those are kind, there are classes you can take at home and become Google certified, things like that. So digital marketing, there's a whole like there is a space you can get a you can go get a degree in marketing but then get further certified mm -hmm. in a specific channel which is not a bad idea at all you think um, they're teaching this in colleges right now they're having a hard time because the professors probably haven't you know the, the professors don't work in that industry right but they're this is what's not, important yeah they're not producing students who can actually do that we had to create our own digital marketing um, internship program to teach our own people. I wondered and, about that. So you yeah. mentor them, like you get the right mm -hmm. people and then teach them right. to get them up to and speed. And in order, and teaching people, I mean, you have to obviously be a person. I think going to a university just helps you think. Mm -hmm. It helps you, I mean, I always joked and said you needed to get a credit just for going through orientation. Um, oh, no, no kidding. Yeah, huh? just trying to, to figure out where, where the classrooms, you know. But um, there's some opportunity in our industry, for sure. I mean, strategic communications. There's still, here's what happened with COVID. I thought to myself when COVID first, you know, came out of the clear blue, it was March of 2020, I thought to myself, what is this going to do to my business? I mean, people are not going to be able to go out shopping and do things, and how's it, how's it going to affect my clients? What I found was people, there was a heightened need to communicate. Mm -hmm. Because things weren't going as normal, everybody went online and you had to communicate more. There will always be the need to communicate with other human beings. Right? So in the field of communication, there are a lot of different disciplines that fall under that, but the hottest ones at the moment are digital marketing in particular, mm -hmm. 
knowing that. And and media buying, I don't even know where you go. I mean, that's- Where do you it's, learn that? Is that just It's experience? an on-the-job type thing. Uh-huh. Monica Abair, who yeah. is our media director, teaches at UL um, one class, but it's usually, typically it's on the job, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, my only advice to young people is, I, I can't express how important internships are in an organization and really mm-hmm. trying to get an internship while you're in school right? because you learn so much more practical, mm-hmm. um, you know. And look, now you, you have, as a marketer, you're kind of a generalist and then you can choose to become a specialist, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. You know, my daughter, Kelly, um, just graduated from LSU in screenwriting, but she's huh. got an inter- internship it's after graduation, but it's been the best thing for her at the Manship Theater. And they've now hired her to work, but they've been teaching her, like she never had graphic design, but she's designing posters for all the events. And she's putting on film camp this summer for young people. It's just, she's blossoming, but she didn't really learn almost any of this when she was at LSU, but she did well in screenwriting and she's very enthusiastic. And I know that's what you look for. I mean, oh, she I shows totally up listen. Ho, it's know? kind of like um, somebody said it the other day, are you, are you hiring for proof or potential, right? And um, it's hard to hire for proof, like proof of the job. It's, it's, I think hiring for potential, I am a very passionate person myself mm-hmm. and I'm excited about every business that comes <laughs> through this door. I don't care if they're a car wash or selling a tong or, you know. <laughs> a tong. Or, Bamboo you know, tongs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it was an oil and gas tongs. Oh, tong. Yeah. So I'm showing Not my a thong, again. Jan. A tong. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I'm personally enthusiastic about clients and their businesses, and I want, I want my people to be as well. And so I hire based on how excited can you get about mm-hmm. somebody else's business. And you have to, I'm sure you have to like them too. Like you yeah. know, it's just that personal interaction. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, I, and they, we usually, I, I think that's why you know, because you win some, you lose some. Everybody, like my father-in-law used to say. Um, if everybody liked Jane, there wouldn't be enough of Jane to go around. Um, people tend to pick yeah. people they want to work with based on whether they like yeah. them or not. Well, as we're winding down, were there any topics you wanted to bring up or something you thought I'd ask you that I haven't? Um, no, but I, maybe if I have just a, a second to just state that something we didn't cover is the industries that we have served over yes. time and there are there are five that we really have um really honed our skill and 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 five areas that i like to um the type of work that I, we like to do and we bring the greatest value to our clients education um particularly upper education recruitment we are we've really done a lot of work in that area Healthcare. I have been working in healthcare for 25 years, and so we do a lot of healthcare work, whether that's B2B or B2C. Food and beverage, helping brands promote themselves, that's another area that we have a lot of expertise in. Um, something I like to call home services, which work for Coburns and folks like that who um, you know, work in that, we work in that space. And um, I, financial services. Um, so we work for Home Bank. Actually, with somebody, we worked for Home Bank for eight years, and Home Bank has been our. Cl- 
we have been a client of Home Banks mm -hmm. as the sponsor of today's. Oh, thanks for getting that in. Twenty years, huh? <laughs> yeah, for twenty years. Your own account is yeah. with Home Bank. So they were they are they are our bank, and they've helped us too. Having a good banker, guys, that's great yeah. too to have a great banker. Yeah. So those are some of the areas we work in, and that's probably the only thing I think we didn't touch on. Well, Cherie Abear. CEO of BBR Creative, thank you for sharing your personality and the business that you're in. Because I'm always fascinated with marketing, but I've watched your, your business grow. I've watched you grow as a person. I mean, you've really, I'm sure the years have flown by, but some days must have been long as you were, you know, running a small business. So yeah. congratulations. Some days it's good and some days yep. it's like, oh, well. For all of us, there's like always to tomorrow. Yeah, the sun <laughs> always comes up though. So thank you for joining us. And I want to thank our listeners. Thank you so much for your loyal support. We couldn't do this without our sponsors. I really want to thank Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, and of course, Raider, Chris Raider's team, and in particular, Jason Sikora who mixes our tape. We couldn't do this without you, Jason. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, thank you for listening. I'm Jan Swift. Mm -hmm.